Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I guess the first question would be, why, what problems were in your life? Why did you decide to reach out to me? And what did you want an answer to? Well, that's a, that's a kind of a tough question to, to, to answer um, the way it's been presented. I, I don't know that there were necessary, necessarily problems. I, I, I would say I, I wanted a little bit more out of what I was experiencing and what I was doing. Um, so, you know, problems, you know, opportunities, and maybe that's just my new way of thinking of things. Maybe they truly were problems, but now I see them as opportunities for growth. Who knows? But, um, you know, I, I knew that there was always something better. I was always looking for something more. And I would get quite frustrated with myself because I just couldn't get there and, and I, and I wanted to be somewhere else, but I, and I, but I was just restrained by something. I don't quite know what that was. Maybe now I, I know a little bit more about what that was, but I always felt restrained or constricted. I always was sort of fearful of what was on the other side. And so I just kind of stayed stuck and that was just how I was. And, and I would get frustrated with being stuck. Um, and so is that a problem? No. Cause I think, well, it was for me, but I think that most people go through their lives kind of just stuck the entire time. And I was wanting tools to get unstuck or at least to figure out if, if I was going to have this sort of level lot in my life forever, or if there was something on the other side and, and, you know, I could kind of get to that other side. You're right. Problems isn't a great word. It's, um, you're successful. You've done well, but what I hear is I was capable of more and the skills and tools I had, I wasn't getting there and I needed to find out, is this all there is or is there more? <laughs> yeah, is that a that, good way? Is that a better way of saying it? But that's a fair way of saying it. I, I didn't have the tools to be able to even, even articulate the problem. Um, I, I was just frustrated and I knew there was something else out there. I knew there was a better way for me to communicate with my coworkers, with my staff, with my family members. And it, what I was doing just, it was fine, but it wasn't great. Can we get some specific as to maybe one or two situations where you were, where you could say, this is what was happening and this is what I wanted yeah, I, I, I really wanted um, freedom, um, freedom to sort of choose uh, what it was that, that I was doing with my career, with my life. I wanted more time. I literally wanted more time. And I felt like almost suffocating because of the demands of other people. I don't know if that's one specific instance, because that wasn't a specific day. That was sort of over a period of time. But what I felt like was I, I couldn't um, 
advocate for myself. I advocate for other people all day long, but I was never good at taking care of myself. And my wife would always say, when are you going to the doctor? When are you doing this? When are you doing this? Because it was always, no, I got to work. I got to do something for some, somebody else. And so I don't know that that's necessary. Again, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but, and I don't know that that's a specific instance, but that is a specific situation. I felt like I was suffocating because I had no time to play golf. I had no time for my young kids. I know I had no time to just think and, and um, you know, be with my thoughts and kind of map out where I wanted things to go. And that was, that was part of the frustration is, is wait a minute, I've worked this hard. I'm not seeing any real reward here. All I'm doing is working harder. <laughs> um, so it was this kind of constant spinning uh, hamster wheels. You know, that's kind of what I felt like. But I, I can, you know, the question you just brought up even conjures up uh, a tightening in my chest. Like, ooh, we're not going back to that, you know. What, so then what solution did you get from us working together that has given you the freedom and no longer that tightening in your chest? Well, it's, it's, the, it's sort of sitting down and asking myself a whole lot of questions, realizing where uh, perhaps this need to constantly be on the hamster wheel was coming from, and then to figure out solutions or strategies to sort of break myself out of that. Um, and it took a lot of work. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was easy, but it, it was so, sort of something like I need to figure out why I, f- I feel like I have to be on this hamster wheel. Why is it that uh, I have to put other people before me? Um, and, and then what are the solutions to, to break out of that? Um, and I still, I still struggle with that. I still work on that all the time. I still refine it, but it's a thousand times better. I can relate <laughs> today, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always had the mindset, at least in the past, especially that, you know, uh, like when I, from when I was a kid, my mindset was I'm going to just pay the price now so I can just live how I want later, or I'm going to work my ass off 16 hours a day. And then when I'm rich or when I have enough money, not sure what number it is, but then I'll be able to just, either not work or work two hours a day or something like that. And, you know, over a decade later, 15 years later, still the same dilemma that keeps going in and out. And I'm like, even today, I was like thinking about, like last night I was working till close to 11 at night, had not done a day like that in a long time. Meaning from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed, and I had such a massive headache and I was like, wow, this transports me straight to the times when I was homeless because mm. it's how I felt. It's what took me to that working my ass off to the point of just complete exhaustion. And I was asking myself like, what, what got me used to that being what had to happen for me to get what I wanted? So that's, you know, today in the morning, I woke up with this connecting the dots, like what is keeping that emotion here? And I had to take myself through a deep meditation to even just get rid of the headache that I had in the last 24 hours and finally start reconnecting with myself. And 
okay, now I'm feeling grounded again, not anxious to work. And because otherwise, I, I today I was scared of literally just waking up and going straight to the laptop and doing it again. And it, it took a lot of self-control. So I know the, the feeling that you're talking about. That's, that's that feeling. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, again, I, I think there was some, some fear involved of fear of, Hey, I better, I better just, I better just work my butt off because there may not be something on the other side. There may not be, um, the payoff there, 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 you know, and, and so it's, so I think there was some fear for me a fear of what's on the other side. And, and I still, I still, you know, concern myself with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I better do this. So I'm not homeless. I better do this so that I can get the support of so-and-so I better do this so that I can make X, Y, and Z. And it seems to me that there's a better way to, to sort of organize and orient yourself than to be so dang fearful. And I think part of it too is, um, perhaps it's some self esteem or self recognition or, you know, sort of just saying, look, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do. I don't, I don't need to just, you know, go out and prove it to everybody. I need to prove it to myself and I need to prove it to other people that I, that I actually care about, not to everybody in the world. And, and so that's taken a lot of the pressure off. You know, I was literally thinking about that yesterday because I've, as I've started to expand my business, I've had new clients come in that look at me like, holy smokes, dude. Like, I've worked with people paying way more money, and what you know and what you're doing for me is, like, mind-blowing. And I get this feeling of, wow, like, I do know my shit. Like, wow, I, I am valuable. And it's like, why didn't I think that before? Why did I need the reminder? Right? So it, it gives me the clues what you're saying right now to what I need to address. Yeah. I, I, I want to I, I want to share an experience I had that ties in to all of that. The overworking, the constantly striving, looking for approval from outside, never feeling enough, always feeling stuck, always feeling exhausted, no freedom in my life. And I, you know, these are things we've you know I've worked with both of you on is you know that what I talk about in my book. They're kind of three central things: self esteem. And that's developed from internally, not an external validation. It's, it's something I have to do with myself. The ability to say no, the exhaustion, always taking care of somebody else's. I mean, childhood teaches us we have to say yes to our parents. We can never say no. And so most of us just panic at the thought of ever saying no. And, and then we're sent this message that we're bad, we're selfish. <clears throat> and I know for me, Anytime my life is out of whack, I have said yes to something that doesn't work for me. I gave myself away, and that's when it all starts tumbling. And then the final piece is how to let life come. How, instead of grind, being a grinder, and you know, I write about that in the book, of eat, trying to write that chapter, I'm like, how do I describe how to let life come? And I spent three hours in my office typing sentences and I'm like, that's not it. it. That's just, no one will understand that. I'm uh, getting really frustrated. And I was like, I need a break. And I go out and lay, I always find my answers laying by the pool. And as soon as I laid there, I'm like, I just laughed out loud. I'm like, Kenny, you just lived the process. Everyone's been taught we need to be a grinder. Work, 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 work. It's the exact opposite. As soon as I went off, laid by the pool and went, oh my God, 
you just wrote the chapter. Just describe everything you just did. I let it go. And as soon as I went and freed myself of that low self-esteem of I've got to find the answer, of the inability to say no to myself, and I let it come, boom, I went, just describe everything you just did. How you stop trying to grind away and control everything, you let it go. You went by the pool and all the answers came to me. And the day I knew I had turned the corner was I was in a a networking meeting and there was a guy in there who was a professional golfer. And unbeknownst to me, he just stood up and he said to the whole group, he said, I've worked with the top golf psychologists in the industry. And if you know golf, you know their names. And he said, I learned more um, from Kenny in 30 minutes than all the years I spent with them. And the second he said it, this goes to what you said, Dater. All my life, I played pro sports. I'd done all these things. I wanted the pat on the back. I wanted someone to see me and recognize me. Aren't I great? But I never felt great inside. And the second he said that, I felt this warmth. I went, he's right. And what hit me was, I know that about me. Like, I didn't, I didn't care if he said it. It wasn't that he said it to everyone. I didn't care about that. What filled me with warmth was, I know that about me. Wow, that's self-esteem. I have that belief about me, regardless of whether you say it or not. And that's what I've learned about compliments. When you have true self-esteem, that's the feeling that hits you is, wow, isn't it cool that I know that about me? I don't need you to tell me so that I can feel it. So anyway, those to touch into everything you guys said, that those have been my experiences of what that looks like and and how to get there. So anyway, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um the you know, the stuff that uh you and I worked on, um sort of I guess the sort of specifics. So once we kind of identified, look, this is what this is what's going on. This is the, the problem, if you will, or, or this is where I need to grow. The answer was saying no. <laughs> I mean, and that was so hard. I, I remember feeling and, and, and saying to you when I said no for, for the first time when I had been saying yes all along, I felt like I was going to throw up yeah. I, because it was so not like me to say no to this person, to these opportunities, to these things, to these clients, whatever it was. And I did it, and and literally for the next day, I was just I was nauseous. I was sick to my stomach. I was like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen? Someone so is not going to like me." Blah blah. And then I started getting better at it, and now I love it. Because <laughs> now you're making more money, you have more freedom, less like it always works. It yeah. always works. It's the opposite. Saying yes is what kills us. No opens everything up. We it's get everything we want. It's amazing because, you know, you kind of taught as a kid, you got to be helpful. You got to, you got to do what your parents are asking. You got to do what your teachers are asking. And, and I get that there is some, you know, social value in helping other people. And I think that's hugely important and showing good, great customer service, but you're never going to satisfy every single person. And if you don't start saying no, and if you don't start setting boundaries, creating boundaries, your life is going to be where I was, where you're kind of filled up. Too, too much to even think about your own stuff. And that's the secret, is learning when to say no and the criteria. You know, will I keep score? Will I ever bring it up that I did this for them, throw it back in their face, or will I feel resentment? 
And that's what gets people in trouble. That, you know, what you're describing is, yes, you're kind. We all want to be kind and loving. But if we're, if any of those three conditions are going to happen, then we're not being kind and loving because eventually we're going to hate them. We're resentful. We bring it up. I, you owe me. Well, then I wasn't kind and loving. I didn't actually give this for free. And that's what giving is. And so when you can recognize and use the process of, wait a minute, will this ever bug me in the future? And any of those conditions happen? No, I'm happy to do it. And you enjoy doing it. But if those happen, you have to say no. And that that's actually incredibly loving to both people because who wants, how do most relationships end? Friends, whatever. People throwing accusations of, I did all this for you. That means they kept score. They didn't really want to do it. And that's why the relationship ended. And that's when, and that's why the income increases, the friendships, the marriage, everything gets better because all of that negativity of the giving is gone. Yeah. And, and I don't, um, I, I don't want to minimize, Hey, it's just saying no, it's just, that's all it is. It took me, it, and I think it's going to take a lot of people a lot of time to, to get themselves to a point where they're comfortable setting that boundary. No is good for you. No is good for the other person, like you said. But for me, um, it's still something where, you know, I'm like, gosh, darn it. Why did I sign up for this? Or why did I agree to do this? Because you're right, you end up resenting the person. And so that's really where I need to focus on and, and, and think about, is this the type of situation I'm going to enjoy? Is this the type of situation that it's worth it to me because they're going to pay me enough to, to you know, not enjoy it? Uh, or am I going to resent this whole situation and just be mad at myself? There's some more anger building, that sort of thing, for doing too much, for not having more time. And so it's been hugely, you know, beneficial, the, the setting of the boundaries and saying no. But I, I don't want to minimize it because it's not just going around saying no, 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 no. It's, it's taking some work and, and, and realizing and, and, and digesting those three questions. And then, and then it becomes a pattern. And then it becomes much easier. But I'm telling you, man, it happened about uh, last summer, and I just remember telling you, oh, man, I feel sick to my stomach. This is I just wanted to document how it felt. I don't feel that way anymore in most situations, so it's nice. Yeah, it's any, learning anything new is uncomfortable, and especially when it goes against everything we've been taught. You're like, God, I'm bad or wrong. Like I told the story – you know, in the book of saying no to a glass of water to a waitress, it scared, I was shaking. To say no to a glass of water from a stranger. But that's so, that pattern's so ingrained in that shame of I'm a bad person. That's a lot. You're dead right. It's a lot to deal with. And that's why my suggestion is start with a waitress. <laughs> Don't go to your wife. Don't go to your business partner. Like, you make a list. Like, take the easy one. Like, just... But what you start to see is, and, and as you saw, it gets easier and and the people around you, everything gets, it, it just starts to build on itself because everything gets so much better and you start to go, wow, this really is, this is the way. And, but it takes, you're right, it, anything new takes time to learn. You know, with Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, so. The thing is that there's also the part of uh, the self-awareness that we have now. Cause like, I'll be honest, even right now I was going through the, 
the the brain compression and the dark cloud and all that a little bit when um, you were just expressing you're both expressing some of the the past uh, experiences and uh, I just pictured <coughs> my, my behavior with my mother my grandmother pretty much everyone was whenever I want to express myself or say no well I never got what I wanted I never got the video game console I never got the Christmas gift. I didn't get to spend time with them. That would be awesome. So the word was associated with negative outcomes. And so that was a realization right now. I was literally imagining saying no to my mother on something and her lashing out, which is what she usually did. Just, you know, like basically putting me down. And then that's when the dark feelings just started taking over my whole body right now. So, you know, it, it's interesting to now have that level of self-awareness where you're able to look at it and go, okay, that's something to work on. Cause that's exactly the feeling that comes up when it could be in business or in a relationship that urge, I need to say no here comes up, but then it's like, oof, like, is this going to, is this going to mess up the relationship? Like what's going to happen from here? What's the consequence? Does that make sense? Oh, so it, it totally does to me. Um, and you know, I think that I've worked on ways to say no in a polite way. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't sting the other person. Or I don't feel like it's stinging the other person. There's some massaging you can kind of do there, I think, but ultimately, you know, the, that feeling that you're talking about, um, it, it lasts, but it doesn't last as long as, you know, the, 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 the frustration you may have, in my opinion, anyways, the frustration you may have by saying yes when you really didn't want to say yes. So there is a little bit of a, yeah, it stings. The person might be disappointed in you for a little bit, and you might know that or might feel that, but ultimately I'd rather have them a little disappointed in me than me beat myself up for not having said no. Yeah. Mm. That's the magic phrase, I call it. Because it's, it's tough to say no, and people tend to feel insulted or rejected when we say the word no. And, you know, the magic, I call it the magic phrase of, you know, that just doesn't work for me. Because that's about me. Because if I say no, it, the, because think of it as a parent. or When we were a child, our parent went, no. And so there's, there, we have the memory and the feeling of, ooh, I asked for something I shouldn't have. I'm a bad kid. And that's why when we say no to someone, they, you brought it up. They, they can feel a bit insulted or upset. But when you change it and, go, and make it about yourself and go, you know, that just doesn't work for me. Now there's a separation. They're like, wow, that's about them. They never feel assaulted. And that's why it's so effective. And you're also claiming yourself. Do you hear how much self-esteem is in that phrase? It doesn't work for me. It doesn't mean your request was wrong or there's anything wrong with you. It just doesn't work for me. And, and that's how we get ourselves back. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the other things, one of the other things that sort of got me um, to come to, you know, some form of coaching was I, I sat back and I said, what does it take to really be one of the best 
And, and then I sort of said, well, what are the other, what are, you know, what are top athletes doing? What are top CEOs doing? What are, what are the people who really seem to have it together doing? And I kind of discovered, well, they read a lot of books, um, personal books, personal health books or self-development books, um, business marketing books. They, they read a lot. They educate themselves and they have coaches. I mean, um, you know, in, in my spare time, I play a lot of golf and I'll watch a lot of golf. And these guys come with entourages of coaches for certain aspects of their game. Diff you know, you'd think, okay, you need one golf coach. No, these guys have a thought coach, a swing coach, a short game coach, a putting coach. And it's like, whoa, that's what it really takes to get to the top. If that's what it is, then, then that's what I want. So why do you think when it comes to life skills – relationships, career, navigating the ups and downs, being stuck. People are so hesitant. And, and what would you say to them about that hesitancy to seek out? You know, because you're right, we get coaches for everything. But these types of, you know, many people are like, oh, I don't need it for that or, or whatever their expression may be. So what do you say to that person? And, and what do you say would help them see the value of it or, or – go, oh, I, I see it differently now. In terms of emotional mastery, right? Yeah, yeah. Why would that matter to them? And Either you one. one or you want me to do that one? Either <laughs> one. Oh, I think this one would be better for Patrick, for you, Patrick. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, so what do I say to somebody who, who is on the fence or, 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 you know, why, what is my belief as to why these folks, you know, don't, they'll hire a, you know, a coach to help their kid with their infielding, but not somebody to, to deal with the day-to-day -day problems. You know, for me, it was, what does this mean? I, I, I need somebody to help me with my, with my thoughts, with my emotions, with processing stuff. Whoa, I'm, I'm, no, I'm fine. I, I don't need that help. I don't, I, you know, it's sort of this, I don't want to say embarrassment, but like it, it gets you nerved up. And, um, I, I, again, I don't know the best way to describe it, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that says, Whoa, no, everything's fine. You know, I'll just deal with it. I always have. But for those people who would, who are on the fence, um, it can be better. You know, I, it, it can really be better. I now have tools for dealing with those bad days. My bad days don't turn into bad weeks. Mm. My bad moments don't turn into bad days. It's, oh, isn't that, isn't that interesting that this person sees it this way? Nothing I can do about it. I'm going to continue to proceed in, in what I'm doing. And so I never had that tool. I never had the tool of, of, of having an interaction with somebody who I completely disagree with and letting them be okay with their position and me okay with my position and seeing the situation from, from their eyes. And so, um, question actually, sure. How did that affect your marriage? <laughs> Hugely. Um, you know, I, I would, I, I would just get frustrated with my wife and, and, and just say, what the heck is she talking about? How is this possible that she can see it this way? How could it's, how is it possible that she's feeling this way? And now I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, the world isn't, you know, wired like I am, 
the world isn't necessarily wired like she is either. And so it's okay to say, look, I recognize that we have these distinctions and differences and I don't need to, I don't need you to come to my side and agree with everything I'm saying. I just need to communicate to you what it is I'm feeling. And I want you to communicate what it is you're feeling. And, and that way we can at least have a better understanding of where we're coming from. And if we still can't resolve the problem, fine. But at least I know that I'm doing something that's bugging you or you're doing something bugging me that's bugging me and I'm not going to resent it and, you know, make snide comments under my breath about it or to, you know, make a problem worse. It's, oh, now I see where she's coming from. I still don't agree with it, but I'm not going to fight about it because it's not because now I, I now I better understand it. So there's a lot more understanding, um, you know, be, between me and my wife and, and me and, every, you know, a lot of other people. Um, I'm, I'm articulating what it is I truly feel about a situation or want out of a situation. And again, I'm okay if the other person doesn't want that or doesn't see it that way. I'm now okay. Whereas before I was, how do they not see what I'm saying? And why don't they believe me? Or why, why aren't they doing what I tell them to do? And it's like, it's not my, it's not my job. It's not my job. All I have to do is articulate my feeling. It doesn't work for them. Great. We now know, um, you know what, what, what each of us needs to do. And what was the outcome of what would you have called now the not as effective or more, what would Kenny describe this functional way of handling it versus the healthier way of handling it, the more functional way now? What, were the, what was the outcome before and what's the outcome now? Now, literally, um, it's either a neutral outcome or no outcome. It's, it's, I used to just be very frustrated and, and angry when um, I couldn't get somebody to agree to what I was telling or saying or re- requesting. And, and now it's, uh, okay, I, I have enough self-esteem to know that this is what it is I want. And if that's not what you want, I'm glad you have the self-esteem to tell me that that's not what you want. And so there is no clash. It used to be a clash and, and silence and me sitting in one corner, it just this sort of, I have this image, we wouldn't do this, but it would be, you know, feeling like I'm sitting in one corner, she's sitting in another corner, and we're not communicating at all. And so now we're at least communicating those, those ideas and interests and desires and that sort of stuff. Whereas before, I, I, I wouldn't say a word, I would bottle it up, I'd get overwhelmed with it. But now it's, now it's great. So that I remember seeing one of your videos where you would describe it as your life was on fire. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, Kenny is a, it, it has some interesting thoughts and I'll, I'll just, I'll just put it this way. I'll, I'll give you the story on this one. So I think it was about two years ago. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm doing what I did two years ago. I was rushing around. I was, you know, you know, doing something I probably didn't want to do. And I was going to, to this event and I was going to be a speaker at this event. And maybe I didn't want to do it. Maybe, you know, maybe I did. I, I don't quite remember exactly where I was, but I felt scrambled. I felt rushed. And, um, and as I'm getting close, my car starts sputtering. And mind you, this was a, a decent car, you know, less than 100,000 miles, a nice, you know, brand new car. And, and it starts sputtering and my wheels lock up. And, and I get stuck on the side of the road. And then I notice smoke starting coming, starting to come through uh, my vents and my car caught on fire. And, and Kenny goes, yeah, uh, that's to be expected. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> and he goes, your life is on fire. This is, this, is just, this is just what happens. This is just a sign that your life is on fire. You're doing too many things. You've got to stop saying yes when you should be saying no. I was doing something I wanted to say no to, and, and it all caught up to me. And the symbolism there is, is pretty interesting. It's pretty funny. Um, you know, in that same summer, in that same year, I also had pink eye in both of my eyes. And I, I normally don't have eye problems. And, uh, and I said, I can't even, I can't see. My eyes are all nasty. And, and so Kenny was like, well, doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> you, you, your, your, your vision is clouded. Your vision, and, and, you know, and, it, and it meant my bigger vision of where I really wanted to be. I'm seeing things that I don't want to see. I know that there's something better on the other side. And, uh, and so, of course, my eyes would get clouded and crusty and nasty because I'm not seeing, I'm not articulating my vision. I'm not, I'm not telling what folks, you know, what, what I want out of, out of certain situations. And so, yeah, my eyes felt like they're on fire. My car, car caught on fire and, and my life was on fire. Well, and if you remember, the first thing you said to me that first session was that. I was like, what's going on? What do you need help with? And you said, well, my life's on fire. I'm not, there's no freedom. You know, relationship with my wife isn't where, you know, it's as good as it can be. It's fine, but it's not as good as it can be. I want to play golf. I'm not playing golf, not spending time with my kids. I want family vacations. I make a great living, but I also have this vision of the law firm and everything I want. And, you know, so like you said, it wasn't things were bad. It's like, there's just some simmering things that I know where I'm capable and I'm not there. <clears throat> And so I'm angry because I'm on fire all the time. All I'm doing is putting out fires. And, and this is part of what, when I discovered how all this stuff works is I liken it to a 3d movie, watching one without the glasses, everything's kind of twisted and disordered. We, but we watched a movie, we kind of know what's going on, but we're missing the glasses. And what we don't realize is these life events are providing us the glasses the car catching on fire, the pink eye, these things, they're, they're screaming back at us like a movie. Hey, this is what we need to see and address. And we're usually just missing some simple skills and tools. But it is, for most clients, they're like, what? No, it's, you can just get pink eye because I touched something. And, you know, who cards, it, it has nothing to do with it. And so, yes, you're right. It's like, what? But you stay in the process long enough and you start to go, oh, my God, every single time, this is exactly what happened. There's always this metaphor, like life. There are all these metaphors around me. I just need to have the skills and tools to understand what life is telling me in that movie so I know what I need to address. And as soon as you started saying, no, part of the thing too was, what, remember what part of your vision was? You were in a car you absolutely hated. <laughs> and you just before that, you had, you had just said your first no. Well, when we make that shift, the old parts of us clear out. Well, now it gave you the chance to pursue your vision, which was a, that Jeep you now have. And, and so it seems all weird and like, airy fairy and like what but it happens for everybody it's part of the process and that's why the let it come means so much you can't control that it's just showing up but as you work on these skills it just starts to shift and it starts to come to you 
you don't have to make it happen. But at any rate, yes, I remember how ticked off you were. My car's on fire and that text conversation. And I'm like, this is so great. You're like, what the hell do you mean? <laughs> so. it, it, you know, it is. It, it really <clears throat> pushed me to learn. I, I, and I wouldn't say push. Push is probably the wrong word. You've, you've shown me how to learn that, that there are these events and they provide great opportunities to reflect on and, and step back from and, and sort of say, hey, what does this all really mean? What can I do about it? Or do I need to even do anything about it and just let, let it see how it works itself out? And, and that's been one of the biggest parts of um, you know, my growth is I'm not going to force everything anymore. I don't need to force everything. I'm really extremely curious, Patrick, about why you decided to, to go through the coaching at a deeper level. Because I understand looking at the athletes and such and saying, well, they have coaches. But for this kind of stuff, you did express a resistance and a hesitation. So if your life was good, you know, relationship, it was fine. Can you just mention it? Could have been better, but it was fine work, all the things. So usually most people don't have the drive to commit into something deep like this, the deep work. So what gave you that fire to, so to say, to, <laughs> right? <laughs> Good choice of words. Um, that, that's a fair question. So from the outside, you know, if you were to take the average observer, man, he's he's doing all right. He's he's doing just fine. What does he have to complain about? I, I knew, and I still know, um, that that it can be better. I know that. I, I I've I, I've experienced it, and so um, it, to me, it's just a constant um, learning, constant growth, constant development. And I had gotten to a point where, um, you know, it, I'd really leveled off. But I knew in the back of my mind, you shouldn't be leveling off. You, you really shouldn't be leveling off. You should be getting better and, and continuing to grow and continuing to get better. And I didn't know the next step or the, I didn't really have the tools to get to, to, to even know what that next step could look like or to articulate it to myself. So for me, it's, there's one thing to be perceived as, you know, Hey, he's doing fine. He's got a he's got an office. He's got a good job. He's he's making decent money. But I I always have wanted more, and um, I felt like I was really plateauing and, and leveling off. I want to take that question a step further because you're in the book. You know, when I met you, you were working with a business coach, and we'd had coffee, and you talked about some of this life on fire, and I was like, "That's emotional stuff." You're like, "Yeah, I don't want to deal with that." And so why couldn't you find the, cause I know the business coach, he's great. Like business wise, he's great. But why weren't you finding the answer there? Why did you need this, you know, the type of coaching I do? And, and then what were the results in your business, in your life, you know, especially in your business, how did us working together enhance what you had already gotten from the business coach? But so it's two questions. One, why did you go, well, wait a minute, the business coaching won't get me there. I need something else. 
and what how how did that end up helping your business yeah so um that that's a that's a that's an interesting question i felt great resistance to um what I had been hearing from the business coach and, and from others in, in the industry, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I just go, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm not doing it. I don't, I, I, I don't feel good about this. I don't want to do it. Even though I knew that those were, those were the way in which you could make more money, etc. cetera. I, I continue to feel resistance towards it. And I didn't want to feel that resistance towards it. I wanted to be doing the things that I wanted to do because I knew that they were the right things to be doing. And I never really had a way to articulate that position. I never had a way to express what it was that I wanted. And so business coach, he, he, he has great strategies, but they're only great if you implement them. And I continued to, to resist the implementation. And I wanted to know why I was resisting it. I knew they were right. I knew they were the right answers, but I continued to resist it. And, and so it took this sort of deep dive into, well, what does this feel like from your childhood? What, 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 why, what, what did you resist or what do you feel like when you are resisting? And, and, and then you could kind of go through this process of determining why I was resisting and, and what else I could be doing to, to stop resisting. And so uh, I don't know if that answers your, your question, Kenny, but I, I just, I, I remember feeling a lot. I knew I was getting good advice. <clears throat> I know I'm getting the right advice, but I just, I kept saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I think what you're saying is the business coach didn't have an answer as to why you didn't want to do it. Right. Right. But, yeah. And so you're like, wait a minute, he has great skills and tools, but I can't implement them yet. He doesn't have a solution for that. And once you, once we started working together, like you said, your business was good, but what, what escalated? What, what jump happened? I mean, I know I'm just, I, you know, I think it's more powerful if you say it. Well, I, I started some of the stuff we talked about. I mean, I started realizing why I was resisting. I started realizing I have these patterns of resistance. I go through phases where I'm really motivated to be doing something. And then I kind of pull off and say, it's not worth it. I don't want to do it. And I have a, a swear word for that, that you might, you know, I've kind of talked about, ah, F it. Right. And, and so I, I just would get to a point where I'd be excited about it and then just say, F it. It's not worth it. Forget it. I don't want to do it. And I, and I know re- I had no idea why I was doing that. And so we started, Kenny and I started kind of digging deep and and into getting into situations where I've done that in the past and figured out why that that is my resolution to certain things and we started to to work on ways in which to sort of get me out of that or if I and it was really in setting boundaries I mean I, I think largely it was in setting boundaries and, and saying no because I would get so frustrated with all of the demands of me. I, and and I couldn't do anything on my own because of these demands that were weighing on me. And so the things that I wanted to do, I would just say, F it. I'm not going to do it because I don't have the time. There are all these other demands. I'm not going to do it. F it. And so now it's sort of putting myself first. It's reversing that process. What were some examples of those things? I'm not clear on what specific business coaching suggestions you had and, and all that. 
there was a lot of them. So, you know, it, the suggestion would be made to, to raise my rates. The suggestion would be to get out in front of and, and, and do certain things for certain groups um, to increase the bottom line. Sure, those things would work, but I, I didn't want to do them. I just had so much resistance to doing them, and I didn't know why. I knew that they would work, but I didn't want to do them because I was being told what to do. And I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> um, or I resist being told what to do. And that's what Kenny and I explored. Why do I have such a resistance to X, Y, and Z? Well, guess what? This is what happened when you were a kid. This is what happened when you were in high school. These are the things that have led to you to, to resisting um, this type of information or this type of instruction. So I kind of had have had these blinders on. And, and I feel like, you know, it's sort of like the, the horses when they're, when they're doing a horse race and they've got these blinders on so they can't see what's really going on. And I felt like, okay, I've got these blinders on. Let's open these up and see where, you know, see where all of this is coming from and, and seeing if it's really useful to me to have these blinders on or to, to not have the blinders on. And again, I don't know if that answers your question. It's, a, it, it's, it, it's sort of the way I articulate it, that the frustrations that I have, and I don't know if it's a very direct way of answering your question, but, but that's sort of, um, you know, I, I just had this resistance. I had no idea why I had this resistance. I don't have the resistance anymore. I'm doing the things I want to be doing. I'm servicing the clients that I want to be servicing. I'm doing the things in my free time that I want to be doing. And three, this has all happened in two or three years. Well, and the point I was getting, I, I, to me, I think you answered it. Maybe Dater wants to dive deeper. But the result of that, now that you can hear information and not feel like you're being controlled and shut down, I think it was within six months, you became, your company became the top real estate law firm in all of Arizona. You're now, what is it, two or three years running, top 100 lawyers. Like, because you got the skills to move past that resistance, boom, everything. And what'd you shoot, 64 a little while ago? You, you know, your golf game, like, being able to use that skill and tool to find that resistance, everything just went to the next level is there's some, you know, I, I did a, I did a fair amount of work on, on my own. So you and I would coach once a week. We would talk about things. Sometimes I felt great after the coaching session. Sometimes I, I, I didn't feel great because you kind of told it to me like it was and, and were very objective with me and, and I, and I needed to hear it and it, and it motivated me to, to figure out the, the situation. But I feel like I now have um, much more level-headedness. I, I feel like I have much more clarity. And those two things have allowed me to become more effective in my marketing, to be more effective for my clients, and um, you know, to be more effective on the golf course, like you said, yeah. um, which, has been, which has been really nice. And so it's hard to necessarily articulate exactly what it is or one, one thing, but, you know, I, I, I worked on some visualization. I worked on some journaling. I did mirror work. I, I sat in contemplation. You and I, you and I worked on, on things on a weekly basis. And, you know, I still work on some bigger things. Um, and, and then I work on some kind of maintenance things. 
Um, so I feel like, you know, some of the stuff is, okay, well, I could have done a little bit better job here. Um, maybe let's, let's think about how I'm communicating this to my kids or think about how I'm communicating this to my wife. And then, you know, you, you and I are still working on, on some of the bigger things. I still, I, I have bigger goals and I still struggle with being okay with not knowing what's on the other side. And, and, and sort of figuring out how I want to get from here to there. That still is my biggest struggle is having the self-confidence to know that there is something greater on the other side because there always has been something greater on the other side. And then the maintenance stuff too. You know, you and I have worked on how I can be an effective communicator with my kids. How I can, you know, I have two young kids and they're kind of, I feel like they're bouncing off the walls all the time. And, and so my goal is to continuously, you know, sort of set the boundaries, um, you know, not over parent, but set the boundaries and, and let them explore, let them figure stuff out, let them make the mistakes on their own so long as they're not hurting themselves. Um, and, and, and to me, that's going to get them to a point where, you know, if it comes down to somebody offering them something they shouldn't be doing in high school or college, they'll say, hold on, this isn't what is good for me instead of just, you know, doing something that, that, that everyone else is doing. I, I want to give them the skills to say no. I want to give them the skills to um, communicate what it is that, that they want. Um, and, and, I, and that's sort of the stuff that, that, you know, we work on fairly regularly. Anything else, Peter? Yes, Patrick, you mentioned – Work, golf, and another aspect, what about your relationship? What are some positive outcomes that were not present before in your life that are now? In, in all my relationships? Particularly or, your romantic relationship, your marriage. I'm, I'm much more honest. Not, not that I was out there being dishonest, but I'm much more adept and able to communicate my true feelings or my true need as opposed to uh, F it, right? And eh, forget it. I won't tell her. I won't do anything about it. Um, it's, it's, it's communicating what it is I need or what it is I want. Um, and, and being okay with her saying, that doesn't work for me, right? <laughs> um, and, and that's okay. It, I, I would rather know than me, you know, be frustrated with not knowing an answer to something. And, and so it's being okay with the answer, being okay with her honesty with me, and, and me being more communicative about what it is I need or want. And, and that has, you know, the conversations that my wife and I have now, even though we've got two kids bouncing off the walls, uh, are, are much, much better. They're much, much deeper. And uh, it, it, it's, it, we're much, much more equipped, I guess, is the word, to, to figure out a solution to problems than, you know, ignoring them and letting them fester. So it seems like you feel like you're very strongly connected and you wouldn't be in a position, not that you feel that way before, but where some men could find themselves where they're like barely hanging on and like on the brink of divorce or stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I never felt that. I never felt that I was, that we were there. Um, I felt frustrated. I kind of was resigned to the frustration that that's sort of where I was. It, it wore on me. It, it felt like I was getting beat up. It felt like it was exhausting me. And I just don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. So I, I don't think I was ever really on the brink. 
I was frustrated. I was um, annoyed. I, 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 you know, I knew that we could do better. It, it sort of goes back to, I know we can do better. I always tell my kids that too. Hey guys, you know, you can do better, right? We, we can do better here. And so I want them to have this feeling of, you know, Hey, I'm always going to be able to improve. This isn't my lot in life. There's always something to improve on. Awesome. And there is last, last question is you mentioned now I have the clients I really want to work with. What does that look like? <laughs> That looks like more money. <laughs> that looks like better communication. Um, that looks like uh, easier communication. That looks like um, easier marketing. That looks like me, you know, doing the things on a day-to-day basis that I really enjoy, as opposed to trying to convince somebody that they need my services or trying to chase somebody down. I don't have to chase clients now. That's a nice feeling. It's a really nice feeling. And what about? You also saying now I do the things I really want to do. What does that look like? That looks like two hundred rounds of golf a year, and uh, I'm on pace for that. And I don't want anybody get the, to get the impression that I'm not working hard. So, <laughs> but but I do. I I bring a book with me on the golf course to to take notes. I I delegate the things that don't bring me any joy. Um, or, or that can be delegated. And then I, I make sure I have very concentrated sort of office hours where there are very few distractions, where it's this sort of complete bubble of, of quietness. And I've created that around me so that I can be more effective for those clients. Amazing. Yeah, and that's better for everybody. Thank you so much for sharing, Patrick. I appreciate it. It's been a joy being a part of your process and just, as you said, just watching you claim what you've always known you've had. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your, your guidance. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to continuing to work with you. It, it's, um, you know, I, I just learned a lot. I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I've, I've learned a lot and, and I've grown a lot and, um, that's pretty cool for me too. Yeah. I really enjoy you and um, it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts to do the work you're doing. And uh, I just always am amazed by people that make that choice that choose themselves and to watch that process unfold in front of me and watch somebody just claim how wonderful they are. It's um, truly a joy. And so I'm very grateful yeah. for the chance to be a part of your life in that way. Well, I, I appreciate that. And it truly is a journey. Um, and yeah. it truly is a choice. There's no, you know, you want to, you, you can choose to, to do th- certain things in your life and, and you can get those things done if you, if you, if you focus on it and, and you're getting the guidance you need. And that's the fun part is to, is to see that. Um, to see that play itself out.